0: So this is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
1: As always, a great pleasure to have you with us on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And today we celebrate the life of a man who played more than 100 games for the Tigers Great success in his career at various times, but also tempered by tragedy in his personal life. It's an engrossing story. His name is Kane Petifer and he's with me in the studio now. Kane, welcome to you.
2: Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about the tragedy that has happened in your life, but let's start on a positive note because you're still kicking it around and you're still kicking it around pretty well. Are you still enjoying your footy playing with Kai Abram?
2: Yeah, obviously going back to Kai Abram where uh where it all started. I've um, been there since 2016. I wanted to go back for one year to finish off my career after being at Yarrawonga for three years up in the country. And um, yeah... Obviously, went back. One of my good mates was coaching. My brother-in-law was assistant coach. So we played 2016 and went through undefeated and uh, won every game in the premiership, which uh, was yeah, an, an amazing feat for the for the club and the and obviously myself. And then obviously with that, I thought I'd go around again. And lucky enough, we did the same again in 2017. Went through undefeated again and won the premiership. And uh, last year we went through undefeated again and lost the grand final by two points. Ugh. So yeah, it was a bit uh, a bit shattering. But again. Going back again, so I'm 37 this year. Still loving my footy, and uh, yeah, still trying to kick a few goals.
1: You played with Fev at Yarrawonga, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was that was amazing. He uh, he's a he's a he's a big personality. Um, everyone loved him up there, and the crowds he was pulling just just for him was uh, was phenomenal. Like we were getting eight thousand at, at games. I remember uh, Queen's Birthday 2013. We played against Albury, so it was a big rivalry at, at Yarrawonga. I think we had a bigger crowd than the GWS um game. So he was he was amazing. He kicked over a hundred uh every year I think there and um yeah won a premiership in two thousand thirteen with him. But what he did for the community up there as well, going to schools and um aged cares and stuff like that, he uh he's and then he obviously went through a bit of a, a rough patch and then went into the into the jungle and come out and he's he's going well. So he's one of my best mates and sort of keeping contact with him weekly. He's uh he's a great man, Brendan.
1: Obviously when you play footy and you're as good as you were playing at the top level is the goal but is it more enjoyable in lots of ways playing country footy and and just the camaraderie that goes along with it and the mateship and everything that is involved in country footy as opposed to the professionalism of the modern game of AFL
2: yeah it is obviously it, everyone who plays AFL it's their childhood dream to do it and I was pretty fortunate enough AFL. Like, my dad was a great support for me and um yeah I was I was, I was lucky enough to do that i um, some of the, my teammates at the minute um I played in uh, a club in the seniors in 1999 some of the guys were born when I was uh, when I was when I was playing which is which is pretty funny so um yeah but the the camaraderie um our coach Paul Newman um, he was on Melbourne's list for a while um he's uh what he does for that club is, is is amazing like he's just super getting the boys together and just the just as you said the camaraderie um yeah, after the games obviously me being a city um base player driving up and once you get there just to feel like all my family from there um my sister coaches the the a-grade netball and it's just once you walk in there you get that that um yeah that sort of feel of satisfaction that you're back at back at your home club and 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 contributing and um yeah i'm I'm very fortunate enough to be in a side that's going really well and all our young guys up there are just super fit and pretty professional for country football i've found probably the um yeah probably the most professional uh um, side I've been involved with outside the AFL with the guys and all their all the recovery and yeah the younger boys up there they I think they've got a, they're pretty vain now they go to the gym two three times a week and pump up so they're um, they're very fit and strong and yeah it's just it's just good to see for country footy.
1: Just step us through what you do when you drive in drive out. Is it literally on the day? Do you do an up and back or do you stay there? And you said you've got family there and yeah. do you catch up with them?
2: Yeah I do. Um, if if it's a home game I'll I'll try and get up on a Friday night. Um, I've got a young daughter now so. It all sort of revolves around her, um, yeah, getting her right up there, um, obviously on her sleep patterns and stuff like that. Um, yeah, me and my wife try and work that out. But, um, yeah, I love getting up there on, on a Friday night, staying at Mum's, getting to see my uh, nieces and nephews and um, brother and my two sisters and, and, and mates. So we're trying to get up there, have a, cook up a nice big pasta and watch the footy. And, um, yeah, it's 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 really good. And, obviously, away games, we'll just drive up on the morning. So I usually leave Melbourne about 9 o'clock um, so every every Team we play except for Seymour and your was about uh, around two hour drive. Except for those guys, um, about an hour drive. So it's 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 not too bad. Being a country boy, I'm used to driving where. Um, a few of the city guys down here, they think, oh, how can you drive two hours? But it's, I don't I don't find it any any hustle at all.
1: What's the specialty pasta? What's uh, what's the go there? What's mum's go? I
2: rate myself as a bit of a cook. So I don't, oh, right. Yeah, so I, uh, it's it's pretty well known. Up in Yarrawonga, we used to have uh, Craig Edney, uh, one of my best mates, used to play at Richmond, played nine games at Richmond. He uh, had his big place um, there, and me and Brendan Favola and Steve McKee, ex- the, Along the Richmond, Craig's cousin would go up there and stay, and I'd, I'd cook up me chilli prawn pasta, and uh, yeah, the boys were, were a big fan of it. So that's 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 the go-to. If I don't have it, um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I do stress out a bit.
1: <laughs> Clearly, the combination of the pasta and what you've been able to do with the football club has made you Kai best-known resident. Has that got any noses out of joint amongst uh, I don't know other famous people, footballers who may have come from Kai Abram?
2: There's a fair list from Kai Abram. Gary Linus, I saw Gary this morning at the gym. Um, yeah. I, I've taken his uh, his photo down off the wall and placed my own one up there. It has a bit of a joke on our uh, on our last Mad Monday, but um, it has, actually hasn't been replaced, so we had there's a bit of a running joke there. But uh, there's been a great list of players: Brett Deledio, um from Kyabram, Dick Clay. Um, obviously now, um, Nick Holman playing up at Gold Coast Suns. So
1: you must've felt a bit for Lids when he played in that, uh, preliminary final against Richmond in that famous year, the premiership year. And, mm. um, whilst you would have been hoping that the Tigers got through as they did and then went on to the ultimate glory, you probably felt for him a bit.
2: Yeah, obviously seeing, seeing Brett, Brett went up to the, uh, GWS for a reason. They're obviously, um, with the connection through Wayne Campbell and uh, Leon Cameron, uh, from Richmond, you'd, yeah, you'd sort of see that um, he, he went up there for premiership success and from when the Tigers come from it was um, it was absolutely amazing and yeah we're all aboard on the on the Tiggy train as they say and to see Brett's um, Brett's emotion after the game he was he it was gutted and it, yeah it was tough for him and his family um, through that time but um, obviously life goes on and um, he's up there playing well now but yeah it would have been uh, very tough for someone who's uh, a dual best and fairest winner i think he played over 200 games there it's uh it would have been really tough to uh to watch
1: we've spoken a lot about kai abram kai as the locals like to call it what sort of a place was it to grow up in
2: um yeah it's very very sport orientated town um so like obviously with cricket footy um tennis I, i spent a lot of time in in rochester down the road um Grew up there from nineteen ninety one to ninety six. Um, but yeah, we yeah, my family grew up in a little town outside Kyabram called Merrigam, Um uh, population and about four hundred and fifty people. Um so yeah, well my family's well known from there. My pa, um Doug Petterby, only just recently passed away, but yeah, he uh he there for always down at the footy club, um, at the Merrigam Bulldogs and then um he yeah, obviously yeah, always around the footy club. My dad played four hundred and fifty games for, for Merrigan, um, all up in um reserve seniors. Um so he spent a his his whole life there, loved the club Is a life member. And then we uh yeah, we moved to Rochester and got to meet David Williams, played for Melbourne, he coached Rochester for a long time and he had a big influence on, on my career as a fourteen, fifteen year old, about how hard you've got to work and sacrifice and all that. So it really, it really stuck in my mind. But, yeah, Rochester and Kyabrum, they're two two great towns, really sport-orientated. And, um, yeah, I had a very very fortunate upbringing. I had a very loving family and close family. Mum and Dad did everything for us kids. And, um, yeah, I've, yeah, I'll, I, I, you cherish those moments as you get older.
1: Were you a Richmond supporter when you were a kid?
2: No, I was a mad Carlton supporter. Oh, like, the mad old mad enemy. Carlton. Yeah, the enemy. So... Um, just love just love the Blues. Grew up with uh, had number four, number two um, jumpers going up. Diesel and Sticks. I just idolised them. Um, I was fortunate enough before the draft I was training with Carlton, and I, I, I thought they were going to pick me up. So um, I was down there uh, three nights a week training. Um, yeah, Greg Williams was coming down and Kernahan and um, and a few other ex-players there, and I was just in my in my element. And then got the phone call from Carlton saying they were going to hopefully pick me up at pick 11 and it uh, didn't happen, but yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to the Tigers and um, yeah, loved every,
1: every day of it. So what's that emotion like, Kane, if you're a Carlton supporter and you're two spots away because you were picked up at nine, you're yep. two spots away from going to the club that you loved. Was the instant reaction disappointment or were you just happy to be drafted?
2: Um, I was, yeah, just happy to be drafted. Um, I got a call from, um, from Greg Beck, um, Richmond's recruiting um, manager the night before the draft and said look if you're there pick uh, pick nine we're going to take you and had a call from the Bulldogs um, obviously player with Terry Wallace was coaching then and said if you get to pick 10 we'll take you and then Carlton said if you get to pick 11 you'll take you so I thought I was I was going to Richmond obviously being a country boy I was a bit of a sook and didn't want to go into state because West Coast had picks and Adelaide had picks and I would yeah I didn't didn't want to be rude or ungrateful, but I was just praying that I went to went to a Melbourne club so I could stick close to my family and um, yeah play in, play in Melbourne, which is a heart of football.
1: Yeah well certainly you were in demand. at picks nine, ten or eleven whatever it was going to be and the Tigers got you first, and uh, that was the start of the football journey and we'll explore the rest of the football journey when we come back on the other side of the break with Kane Pettifer, my guest on this is your sporting life. The Tobin Brothers funeral celebrating Lives more with Kane coming up after the break.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives.
1: Hope you're enjoying the chat with Kane Petter for 113 games, 132 goals with Richmond. On This is your sporting life for Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Live. So you arrive at Tigerland. I often ask the question, what's it like when you first walk into a room where uh, the dressing room is occupied by blokes that you've been watching on television, perhaps idolised a little bit? What was that
2: first moment like for you? Yeah, as every every young guy walking into an AFL club, it's uh, it's pretty daunting, um, pretty intimidating. I remember I walked in and the... Uh, yeah, the guys are doing weights, and you just see what they were lifting and um, all that type of stuff. And I was, I think, I was seventy-one kilos when I come down. I was a pretty skinny, pretty skinny kid. Um, so yeah, it is it's pretty nerve wracking. You, you sort of find your place pretty quick. But um, yeah, the best the best thing is to do. I I learned probably not in, the, in my first year or two was the the harder you work, the more respect you get. Um, it took me a while to realise that. Um, I was I had a pretty good um, under eighteen um, junior. Um, championships and uh and years so i was like pretty pretty fortunate enough to have that and being at the top of, of the um like in, in the tac cup playing well and playing for vic country and um and then sort of making all australian you think i'll oh, um do i work hard enough like am i good enough and you and you go to an afl club and you see the guys how hard they work and um it's it's no surprise I a uh, Remember Nathan Buckley come to a clinic and he said, um, "It always sticks in my mind. The harder you work, the luckier you get." And it sort of stuck in my mind. And at the start, I was, I was a little bit homesick when I first went to Richmond. Um, I was driving back during the week because we had a day off a week, and I, I, I did struggle a little bit. Uh, being a bit of a mummy's boy, and so my dad give me a kick up the backside and said, "Come, hey, mate, this is your dream. Um, you've, you've always wanted it. It's time to time to bite the bullet and um, get down there." And yeah, so that my first three years were a bit. Um, yeah, we're a bit up and down, and then um, yeah, Kane Johnson come across from Adelaide. Um, I've got a great relationship, and he's one of really good mates, Sugar. And he um, he just said, "Right, mate, you're in a preseason with me." In um, it two thousand four, uh, and um, I just did every every session with him. And I was I just recall every running session I I didn't miss one where I threw up. I was on my hands and knees, and he'd just be dragging me along, saying, "Get up and." That was where I knew where I where I had to get, um, and yeah, that that really sort of changed um, changed my career. I thought I was in and out, battling, and um, yeah, I, I knew the Tigs were um, thinking about offloading me. Because um, yeah, my, my manager said there's a few trade talks, and they were going to get rid of me end of 2003 and 2004. My back end was all right, and then when Kane said that to me, he said, "Right, you're training with me, mate." And he was an unbelievable trainer. Um, and yeah, I, I, I owe him a lot and, um, and also my big mate Richo, um, up forward, he just said, mate, he, he used to scream at me, just work, work, work. And yeah, I did, um, did get a bit of a work rate and work ethic and sort of showing up uh, around the club and, um, yeah, it's sort of, but it, it took me three or four years to, to realize that where I think the guys now coming in are a bit more prepared. Um, they obviously it's a bit more professional than, um, <clears throat> than the year 2000 when I come in and, uh. Yeah, it's just. But yeah, the, when I first got there, I was. Uh, I remember doing a um, one of these phosphate tests. So you sprint for as long as you can for, for ten seconds, I think. And I think you had to do ten efforts. And you think, oh, ten sprints at, at, at ten seconds isn't too bad. And yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to get through the fourth one. So it was uh, it was it was, it was, it was a long road. But um, yeah, it is it's pretty daunting when you first walk in those doors, um, and you see Richo and um, I think Wayne Campbell and like. Uh, Paul Paul Broderick and those sort of guys. So Yeah, but um yeah, they it was pretty good I was pretty lucky going to that club. They were um all open. I ended up um yeah, um living with Richo for a while. So I remember just walking down uh he was in Fitzroy, walking down Brunswick Street and everyone um everyone's yelling at Richo and I was like, Well, it, it is, this this is what it's like, is it? So yeah, obviously he was the, the pin up boy and the best player at the Tigers and to get that um yeah, to sort of hang out um I live with him for the first sort of I think four or five months was was pretty special.
1: And You're still great mates to this day, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we're in each other's wedding parties and stuff like that. So he, uh, yeah, he's just been been a great a great um, mate, and um, yeah, he sort of helped me through those tough times when my father passed away and stuff like that. And yeah, we always um, yeah do sort a of catch up weekly now, and he's just a. He's got the biggest heart, and yeah, he's a great mate. And yeah, as I just said he, uh, from day one, he does hang hang it on me a fair bit. From when I walked in with me um, all me Quicksilver and surf surf brand clothes on, and <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. So it was a bit of a running joke there.
1: What was it like the night that he nearly won the Brownlow?
2: Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, especially to come out of nowhere. Um, like, they thought he'd pole okay, but just just to see that room and everyone just. Just get right behind him, and uh, I think he missed out by two votes, in mm. end, maybe two or three votes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was it was pretty special, and um, yeah, just to say a guy like that, six foot six, to um, yeah, to to go to a wing, and he he does his story at, at the sportsman's nights and stuff like that, where he um where Terry Wallace comes in and um, says made this come for a chat, and um, in his office, and he goes, oh, how do you feel about um, sort of playing up the ground a bit? And he goes, oh, I don't I don't feel good about it at all like I'm, I'm in the goal screen he goes oh well Jack's starting Jack Rewald's starting to play pretty well and we're pretty keen to get him down there and he goes so what do you feel about you to working together or you pushing up the ground he goes I don't I don't I don't want to do it at all and he goes well how, how do you feel how do you feel about playing at Coburg and he goes mate put me anywhere so <laughs> that's pretty funny story <laughs> so tells and he went to the wing he said he didn't really know what he was doing but he's got a huge engine for a big guy and that year was phenomenal. It was one of the, one of the greatest years of um, in for a guy like him in in AFL history. Really, to to do what he did to go from full forward to a win.
1: And there wasn't one footy supporter that night who wasn't pulling for him. Whether you were in the room, the the select few who were in the room, but I remember watching the telecast and everybody just wanted him to win.
2: Yeah, they did. They did. I, I remember my phone was just was just just running hot. Going, do you reckon he's got it. What's he like in the last three games, four games, and. Yeah, I think um, the, the last two rounds he was pretty stiff. I think he played pretty well and mm-hmm. and didn't get a vote. They thought he had it, and uh, yeah, and to miss out it would have been amazing for him to win it. But um, yeah, obviously just missed out, and it's it's still a pretty good story.
1: You mentioned one of your coaches, Plow. Let's go back to your first coach, Spud. Yep. What was your relationship like with Spud?
2: Yeah, it was, it was a good relationship. Spud um, is, a, is a real character. Spud, and we still um, yeah we still still speak regularly now. Um, he uh, yeah we actually did. Um, did a bit of business together um with uh he ran an event him and his wife Anita and um yeah I, I jumped in with them there so but at the, at the start obviously spud um yeah yeah when I rocked up I wasn't a great endurance athlete um we used to do a lot of heaps of runs around the tan and fartlek and it wasn't so sort of one of my strengths and I was I was sort of battled a lot and um obviously with with the work rate and um and the change in training and um stuff like that so at the start, he um, yeah, I probably didn't didn't live um, live up to um, expectation, um, but yeah, I was sort of in, in and out of the side for three years. Um, I'd go back to Coburg and yeah, thought I'd perform well, but um, yeah, I just I think where the game was going with forward pressure and stuff like that, he um, I, I, I sort of lacked that a fair bit, um, and he was, he was pretty pretty hard on me in in that space, and then put me to put me at a half back for a while, which sort of did did help me, but yeah, I think. I think those first few years where I obviously didn't work hard enough um yeah and just trying to find my feet um as a as a first round pick and sort of top 10 pick I yeah we sort of had a few like not issues but there I I sort of wanted to play and thought the more games I got the um yeah the more I learned the better I got and he um yeah sort of was wanting to put me back to Coburg to uh yeah to, to to find my feet and um yeah obviously work harder and become um yeah work on my defensive skills which is totally fair enough and um yeah i think i've maybe been a young sort of energetic fair to say cocky young young guy coming down i uh yeah i got a bit of a rude awakening and um yeah i I look back now and that that did help me a lot with with the way spud um yeah it did sort of make me earn earn my spot and it just didn't didn't give away games and um yeah i look back I'm, I'm very grateful for that but um yeah i just thought maybe to get a few more games, a bit more continuity um, would have would have sort of helped help my career, but I, c- I can see where he was coming from as well. That was
1: always the perception of you. Everybody who liked watching football thought you had great talent, but they thought that you were pretty cocky. Yeah. Did you get ahead of yourself early on?
2: Yeah, I did. I did. Obviously, um, with all the media build up, um, like for draft week, for like for when you're a young eighteen year old kid, you're in the paper and. Um, being from a small country town, I, I, I did get ahead of myself and, um, yeah, I was probably, um, yeah, looking down the track, um, further than obviously taking, um, taking baby steps, as they say, come down, find my place, work hard and, um, yeah, obviously, um, just, just fit in. I, I probably was a bit, um, a a bit ahead of myself. Uh, Um, yeah, I did, I was a bit cocky and had a bit of an attitude attitude problem, I'd say, because, I just um yeah I thought I'd just walk in and play pl- and play leg football but um yeah as I said I got I got a few uh yeah a few good sprays from Spud um and that did that did help me and obviously yeah put me back in my place and I I did learn from that and um yeah I'm, I'm very grateful because if not I could have could have I could have been out in 2 or 3 years if it if it wasn't for his guidance and um and yeah telling me to Tell me to pull my head in at times
1: and what about the influence of plow when he came along how big an influence on your football career was he
2: yeah plow was huge so um yeah i i i never knew this but plow obviously um watched a lot of t s c cup um he's yeah he was a he's a bit of a rap for me from um yeah from from my um under eighteen year and obviously when the he he said that he they were keen on on taking me um at the bulldogs in the draft and obviously once once he come to richmond um yeah he just I obviously had interviews with, with each player. I had my interview with him. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, he said, um, he just goes, look, mate, I'm going to give you 22 games next year. Um, I reckon you're a talent. Um, just, I just don't reckon you work hard enough. And I think him and Kane Johnson got together and said, righto, you're training with him and you, you do everything he does because you need to um, lift your work rate because if not, you'll be at the door in, in 12 months. And I got a, a very small one-year contract in, um, in the year 2005. I ended up playing every game over 30 goals and um yeah sort of um yeah changed my uh changed my percept um changed my my perception within the group um obviously doing extras training harder and um yeah become a become a regular which which i felt more comfortable but plow plow backed me in um and there's times where i was uh yeah to have a couple of bad games in a row he'd come in and said look mate and like i have backed you in i um you like the assistant coaches want to want you out. I'm backing you in, and he'd, he'd sort of he'd pump you up, and like you'd always have that like that um, sense of him. He's got your back, right? I'll, I've got to perform for him. He wants me in the side, and just like I felt a part of it. And then I think I played three three full seasons, like nearly seventy odd games straight under under Plow, and um, yeah, he was, was a great uh, a great help to my career. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we yeah we do. Do do speak now um, at the odd occasion, but um, yeah, he, he obviously gave me that opportunity and I'm yeah forever grateful.
1: It's interesting, Kane, that perception amongst the group about your work ethic because if you go back to the story about Gary Ablett, even he got told, Gary Ablett Jr. got told he wasn't working hard enough and he needed to pull his finger out really. Yeah. So you can have as much ability as you like, but if you're not perceived by the group to be working hard enough, then it's always going to be hard to earn their trust and when you do work hard, that's what you get.
2: Yeah, you do. And and I recall in that pre-season, um, the end of 2004, start of 2005, um, all the regular guys, um, like Kane Johnson, obviously Richo, uh, Wayne Campbell. They, you can just see the way that, um, yeah, they they view you at training, chat you after it, and they, uh, yeah, they'll just um, like I went away and had a, had a huge off-season. I love my boxing. Did did I was boxing every day, doing extra weights training, just just put some weight on. Um, and, yeah, come back in, in really good shape and then had that pretty big pre-season and just felt I was, um, yeah, I was, yeah, my work rate lifted and guys who I was, I'd played on previously, um, I just, just felt like I could, um, yeah, outwork them and, um, yeah, I just got that confidence and, yeah, as I said, within the group, the harder you work, the more respect you get and, um, yeah, I did... I did tidy up a few off-field things. like like my diet, and I've been a country boy. I did enjoy beer as well. So um, yeah, sort of from two thousand five, six, seven, eight. I didn't didn't really um, drink much during the year, um, and um, yeah, really uh, yeah really focused on my footy. And it, um, yeah, I, I thought I had three pretty pretty consistent years.
1: Just jumping ahead, you mentioned boxing there. You, did you fight on an undercard was it a Danny Green fight
2: yeah fought and Danny Green came what's undercarded um yeah high sense arena which was which, which was pretty special i think it was i don't know 8 or 9000 people there and uh it was packed house i was on i was one of the earlier bouts but um yeah had pretty good following sort of a bit uh, it's pretty funny when you're walking out and seeing all your mates sitting there and they're usually a jovial and joker around, and they're sitting there very uh, stressed and worried about you <laughs> and um yeah had had uh, yeah all the all my uh, ex teammates um yeah they got a couple of tables were sitting ringside and uh yeah it was yeah it was, it was pretty special to fight on Danny Green's um undercard Danny Green's a great guy and yeah he sort of helped me with my boxing him and his trainer Angelo Hyder, have been like just a few comments here and there and helped out and um yeah I love my boxing and um How uh, many
1: pro fights did you have?
2: Uh, I had 3 I've had 3 so pretty keen to have one more um but obviously I've got a little daughter now and I've I'm expecting a, another one in August so yeah, your time and priorities obviously go out the window a bit there because you're training two to three times a day and you have to focus on it. But yeah, had three fights and had uh, yeah, yeah, which has been great. And my trainer Nigel McCarthy is just an absolute weapon of a man. So yeah, I, I do miss those those trainings with him every day. But um, maybe uh, yeah, hopefully one more soon. Laura's
1: your wife. Yeah, my wife. What does she it. say about that?
2: Um, the first one she wasn't too bad, uh, but yeah, the second one and. Uh, yeah, I'm Danny Green undercard. She was a bit, she was a bit nervous, and when I left the house, and yeah, leaving it, she was a bit. Uh, you could tell she's a bit stressed, and yeah, but no, no, I, I love my training. She, she's a pretty good boxer herself. I like like Nigel trains her as well, so she loved it. But yeah, it, um, going out there, and obviously, when you, as soon as you walk in that ring, it's the, it's the loneliest place on earth. They say when you, when, when you get in there, it's just, it's just you and all the hard work you've done. You hopefully can put it together. But um, yeah, I was lucky enough to have have, have three wins, and um, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, I, I do love the sport. I, I love, um, I love the guys who train it. Like, and obviously, I'm just, uh, yeah, as I say just a bit of a hacker to Come from football to do the do the transition to have a few fights, but yeah, to all the guys that that have, that have helped me in, in my boxing career, and um, obviously, I mean, yeah, just to watch their boxing career is just 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 phenomenal. Like, go in a boxing fit, Port Melbourne, and see guys like Zach Dunn and um, obviously Jade Mitchell and those sort of guys who just see them train. You sit there and watch them. It's just just phenomenal the work they put
1: in. We talked about the importance of family with your wife, Laura, and uh, one child and one on the way. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll touch on family and we'll touch on a tragic time in your life. Kane Pettifer is my guest on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donaghen for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives.
1: It's a pleasure to have you with us as Kane Petifer is my guest on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. Kane, we're getting towards the end of your time at Richmond, but what would happen would change your life forever towards the end of your time in football. Tell us about what happened to your dad.
2: Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, my dad was. Like my best mate, um, yeah, and to, yeah, what happened for him? And he passed away in a car crash with with my cousin. Um, yeah, dad and I, dad and I, uh, um, were starting a business. We um, he always wanted a, wanted a uh, an SS crewman Ute, so yeah, we ended up getting getting a Ute with with our business, and um, yeah, it was pretty. I just 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 couldn't believe it. He uh, he wouldn't let me drive it, and wouldn't let anyone else drive it. And he went up to Wagga to visit his sister because um, my uncle just passed away tragically. Just had a um, yeah, a bit of a brain hemorrhage, and yeah, dropped dead in his kitchen, which was very, very sad. And so, Dad, being a family man, he was went up there, and um, yeah, it was I, I recall the day after uh, Joel Bowden's testimonial. We had a, a few drinks that night, and my my phone just, just kept ringing and ringing at about nine o'clock, and I was in, a, in I was in a coffee shop, and I finally answered it, and yeah, heard the heard the worst news of my life. So. Yeah, it was tough. It was still hard today. still hard to talk about it, but um, yeah, Dad passed away at the scene and my cousin lived for a little bit and he ended up passing away as well. Um, so it was just, yeah, it's just one of the oh, the worst day of my life and I think about it every day.
1: He was such an influence on your life. You've already spoken about that and the fact that he was a, a big football influence for you. Did you feel lost for a while after he left?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, and just just before that, I did... I, I'd uh, I'd done my cruise shit in two thousand and eight. Um, just come back within like about nine and a half months. So I was pretty lucky, and he came down and supported me through that. And then I um, come back and I split my knee cap in half. So I was, uh, yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to be up in Coburn for about a month there, yeah, living with mum and dad um, during that time, just in recovery. And I think I was uh, starting to give him. Given the irrits a bit. I like to spend on the couch and I had a big brace on there and couldn't do much. But yeah, I was I was lucky enough to spend the last um yeah, the last month up there with Dad and yeah, the last time I sort of said to him I was driving off and he said, See you mate, I love ya and it was the last thing he ever said to me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was pretty tough. But yeah, I'll I look back now and I was just so so lucky to to, ha- to have him as a father figure and, and that type of it. But um yeah, just uh um yeah, when he when he left it was pretty tough for mum and family and yeah, we still uh, yeah, we still find it tough today. And it's coming up ten years in August. Yeah, it was
1: about that time that things were coming to an end football-wise as well. Yep. that that can be a very difficult thing to deal with, but when you have to deal with both of those things together,
2: yeah, it, was, it, it was,
1: must have been pretty dark times at various.
2: Yeah, it was pretty points. tough. Um, I, yeah, I, I recall that was um, I, yeah the sixteenth of August two thousand and nine. Um, I'd done my, as I said, I'd done my cruise shit. Tried to come back because I knew it was sort of getting towards the end of my career. And Terry um, Walls had just been been fired, so we had a an interim coach at the time. Um, they were looking for a new coach, and I thought, "Oh, I'll, yeah, I, I knew at that time, even before Dad passed away, it, uh, it'd be pretty tough to stay on a Richmond." Um, There's talk of getting rid of ten to ten to twelve guys and cleaning out and starting again. Um, so yeah, so Dad and I had all those discussions, and I, yeah, I was. Confident, I could, I, I could come back and ho- um, obviously GWS was starting up there and maybe get a get a look in there. um But yeah, obviously when dad um when dad passed away, that was just yeah. I just went back up to Kyabram and stayed with mum um the whole time and, and and my family and nothing else really mattered. Then it was just being around mum and family and um yeah, it was probably yeah the, the darkest twelve months of my life. Yeah.
1: Did footy help? You get through it because you went over to Perth and you played footy over there, and you also played suburban footy here, and then at Kai Abram. Did the yeah. mateship around footy clubs just keep you going at that time?
2: Yeah, it did. I went, um, I went back to Kai Abram two thousand and ten. So, I, as, I get, as I said before, I stayed up there with mum. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to be around the footy club, but it was also tough. Just yeah, to see mum every day, what she was going through, um, trying to go go back to normal life when you're. Uh, yeah when um yeah when obviously her 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 husband who she'd been with since she was 17 passed away and yeah she was she was pretty lost as well yeah i got a my sister was 18 abby at the time um sarah was 22 and drew my brother was 30 so it was we were at, yeah, getting to that stage where um yeah we'd all sort of gone our own ways abby was still at school but we'd all sort of gone our own ways in life and dad was just yeah he's only 50 i think he's 50 fifty two at the time, just turned fifty-two, so it was uh yeah, it was, um it's an absolute tragedy and um yeah f- football did did help. Um Dave Williams who I mentioned before he was coaching Kai Abram then. Um all my mates come back to Kai to play um which was yeah which is which is very supportive and yeah it was uh it was the Footy Club helped me immensely, but then after end of two thousand ten, I just thought I had to get out and had to get out of Kyabram. I was still living in Melbourne, travelling up, but sort of going up and stay for two or three, three or four, four nights with mum. Oh, and that, that's when I met Laura. Um, and yeah, she uh, probably saved me. So from yeah, just I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know had had no real um, drive at that time. And um, yeah, meeting her was um, yeah, was 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 very special. And she was a lot like my dad. So it was um, yeah. It was, pretty special moment to meet her and yeah now we've uh, been together since then and um yeah I'm, as i said very fortunate enough that footy has kept me going and that's what i love um about it now with the the footy and um yeah the as you said the camaraderie mateship and um yeah i know that dad loved me playing footy so i'll i'll play for as long as i can
1: the fact that he was taken from you too soon has that influenced the way that you are as a father now
2: yeah it is yeah um yeah, like as as I said, I was I was very fortunate enough for my dad what he did for us kids. Like he'd he'd drive my sister from um Kybrim to Achuka to go to basketball training, come back to Kai, pick me up, drive me to Shepherd and then get on the bus to go to Wangaratta, drive back to K pick up my sister, pick up my dad too, um, pick up um me from Shep. So he was doing that two or three times a week. Like just, just the sacrifice he had for us kids was yeah, was um yeah, I was very fortunate and uh it was huge. He, his whole life was dedicated to us kids and that's how yeah, how I yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty pretty loving father. Like, yeah, like my daughter. She's uh she's yeah, she's she's very funny. She's 14 months old now and starting to get a bit of character. So, yeah, I just yeah, everything just revolves around her now and um yeah, just sort of setting up her future. So, it's uh yeah, you start to make smarter decisions and um yeah, you sort of worry about your, your family stop being stop being pretty selfish, I'd say, when you when you have kids.
1: Any family cane that is affected by a car accident is um it's a tragic thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, we fast forward a few years, yeah. and your life was going to be affected again, yeah. twice more.
2: Yeah, yeah. I had um, yeah, in 2017, my um, my mum's brother Trevor Freer. Um, yeah, he was like as I said, probably one of my closest um, uncles. He was like very very supportive of my footy career. Uh, he was a gun golfer, gun tennis player. Loved his sport, just just lived and breathed it. And um, yeah, he was uh, he was tragically hit by a truck up in. Um, up on the Gold Coast and uh yeah it was just just total shock you had two young kids and um yeah just a loving partner in Megan and it was just absolutely absolutely horrible for the family to go through that um was it was yeah yeah we just yeah found it tough again just brought up all the old memories as well um yeah and very very tough for my mum and um yeah and family and and then again, 10 days later after that, my dad's sister and her husband were um, down for my pa's 90th birthday and they stayed and I drove driving back to Mackay and um, left Kyabram and got to Echuca and uh, drove through an intersection and got, got T-boned and they both tragically died um, at, at at the scene there. So, yeah, to lose um, three of my close family members again in uh, in 10 days was just horrible and, um, yeah, it just was extremely tough for the family and, um, yeah, you just think, why why do we deserve that? But... Um, just said we're we're a very tight-knit family um yeah my mum what she's gone through is just yeah you you wouldn't wish it upon anyone but um yeah we've got through now and we've got um obviously mum's got uh she's got four grandkids and two more on the way due in the in the next three months so um yeah so she's just loves being a grandma and um yeah it's just we just could not believe it like we just wouldn't you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy and, uh, yeah, to 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 have that happen, um, yeah, to our families, just, um, yeah, it's pretty unfair, really.
1: Last word on this, because I can see how much it's difficult for you and you've spoken beautifully about it, but are you just numb? After the third time, are you just numb to it all?
2: Yeah, like just, yeah, you just sort of go into shock and you just think, like, you just, you, you have no real thought process, as, as you said, you're numb. You get around your family members and you sit there and you just sit there and just sort of yeah looking to stare into space really like you just can't comprehend what's happened um as i said like obviously um yeah losing dad um that was yeah like i like think everyone comes stayed for for months on end up at mum's um and uh yeah you just you just sit there and you're just numb like you just you just you just sort of you go off by yourself for a bit hurt you cry come back and um yeah and then obviously see more people turn up and you go through the emotion again and again and it's just uh yeah, it's just, just tough and yeah, it's just um I'm just, just fortunate enough to have a great supporter base around me. Um my best mate, Craig Callow, um, he was like a like my dad's they they call him my dad's long lost son. Um yeah, what he did for our family is pretty special and um my brother in law Daniel and uh yeah, it's just you just as as I said, you just sit there just in total shock and total disbelief and but yeah, every time I drive up to Kine it's sort of I drive up there to, to be around my family and support but you still drive up there just knowing that Dad's not gonna be there and um yeah obviously seen my uh my grandparents in uh in Marubna there what they've gone through losing Trevor as well. So it's um yeah, it's tough but as I said we've all stuck stuck together and you have your ups and downs but um, yeah, yeah, i said you, you sort of build your own family now and yeah, try to um just just, just remember the good times.
1: It's an incredible story. It's a tragic story, and you've spoken incredibly well about it. So let's leave it at that and take our final break, and then we'll come back. And on a happier note, yep. we'll talk about more about the sporting life of Kane Pettifer on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives, our final segment with Kane coming up after the break.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. Welcome back to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives.
1: Our final segment with Kane Petifer on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Just one last thing, Kane. Um, all of the things that we've just spoken about, does it change the way you drive when you're driving?
2: Yeah, it does. Obviously, um, yeah, it's pretty... It's very dangerous on on the roads. You, you see the, um, all the fatalities on the on the news and like um as you as as you see when it's Christmas and um Easter on the um and long weekends, there's all those messages out there by the TAC to be careful, take your time, um, wipe off five all these uh all these road rules and um yeah it does it does frustrate you when you do see people speeding or um yeah doing doing the wrong thing. It is uh it's just so dangerous. You don't realise until it happens to you and um yeah it's happened to me. Uh, on several occasions and uh, yeah, it's just everyone out there just, just you've just got to relax and take a deep breath when you're in a rush because um, five minutes, when you rush to make five minutes, it's uh, you'd rather be five minutes late than, uh, than not rocking up at all.
1: Let's get back to footy to end our chat. You're obviously in pretty good nick and obviously the team's playing pretty well and you're enjoying it at Kai. How yep. long do you think you'll keep on kicking it around for?
2: Um, well, I was pretty lucky last year. I, I, I kicked 100 last year so I'd I uh, I kicked 91 and 93 the two years before that, and I didn't think I'd ever get there. And um, I had to kick four goals in the last quarter um, of our last home and away game last year. And I kicked three to a half time, and I think the third quarter I dropped about five chess marks. And the boys were trying to get it to me and missed missed three sitters in three quarter time. Um, a good good mate of mine, Ryan Horhan, ex Carlton player, he drove all the way up from Melbourne to watch me, and he give me his words of wisdom like as he speaks in his in uh, his laid back. Um, uh, and he's laid back, slang, He's like, man, just relax, go back and kick your four. And I, I got it with. Uh, I think it's about thirty seconds to go. I kicked it, so I thought I was. I was on to do that. I was fortunate enough to do it last year, and um, yeah, so I sort of tick tick that off. And because um, carbon's going so well, um, I'm I'm still contributing, and um, I, I still love the game. So as uh, a lot of past players and older guys say, you're a long time retired. So I'd I'd like to play another at, at least next year, and um, I'll just see how the body holds up, but. Yeah, if I'm still running around at 40 and um, I'm battling, um, I'm pretty sure I'll, uh, I'll have people tell me to, to, to hang them up. But, yeah, another year or two would be nice.
1: Well, given the fact that you are still playing, um, obviously you don't get to see the Tigers too much.
2: Nah. Um, they they played um, a fair few, like, God, Thursday and Friday night games. So, yeah, I do get down. I, I, I hit up my big mate, Rich O'Fries, AFL Life members tickets. Um, usually round one and give them back round 23. So, <laughs> I'm pretty lucky there, but... <laughs> No, nah, he looks after me there so I'd go down with with Laura or um yeah friends so i try to get to at least sort of five between 5 and 10 games a year and go down and um, yeah watch the guys and um i i love footy I'm, I'm a footy head so it's uh it's yeah, good to get down and watch the games I do go to other, other games as well um just to yeah just to watch a I'll watch a few collingwood games um i like watching steel sidebottom shepherd and shepherd and boy so i've mm-hmm. uh, been to a few pies games but um yeah i'll yeah i'll uh try and get to Few games now um, before yeah my next child's born in August because after that I'll be in a bit of trouble.
1: What was that day in 2017 like? That famous day?
2: It was absolutely amazing. So we'd uh, at and we'd won the premiership on the Sunday, so obviously had the festivities up there until uh, until Wednesday, and I come back Thursday morning, and there's um, we had lunches and dinners and stuff um, with a few past players going to a few events and um, functions, and yeah, to go uh, yeah to go to the game. Um, it was just unbelievable. Like it was just, yeah, all the, obviously Tiger Faithful had been through the ups and downs and just to see you um, walking through there and seeing all the old uh, old guys. I used to see it training, come down every week and watch you train and support you just to see those guys in the uh, in the Richmond Army. It was just it was pretty surreal. I remember sitting with a um, few guys that played in the 1980 uh, premiership. I was fortunate enough to sit in the near Bondi and um um a few of those guys and they yeah, they were they were crying in the last quarter to see how much it meant to them and yeah, I I uh I have to admit I um I nearly put the sunglasses on too when they, and there was no sun in there. So it was it was pretty special for the club and um yeah, after the after the uh game we a few of the past players like with um yeah, Nathan Brown and Wayne Campbell and Kane Johnson we all uh, yeah went and caught up and um yeah had a few drinks and um yeah it was just we, were, we, were, we couldn't believe it, but we're just so pumped for the guys and um, so so pumped for Brendan Gale and the footy club.
1: It's a great way to end our chat because it's a, a positive note, a, an unforgettable day for anyone associated with the Richmond Football Club. It's been great to catch up with you and talk about your football journey, but uh, also congratulations on the way that you've spoken about the tragedy that you've had in your life. It's not an easy thing to do, but I'm sure that everybody listening admires your courage in the way you've spoken about it. Kane. thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks, Peter. Really appreciate your time.
1: Kane. Petter for joining us on This Is Your Sporting Life for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives, another great of Australian sport coming up same time next week. Hope you can join us then.
0: You're listening to This Is Your Sporting Life with Peter Donegan for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives.